0: Hello and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Guardian and the CLA. I'm your host for this week, Farmer's Guardian business reporter Alex Black. Don't forget we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Tuesday. Subscribe through all your favourite platforms, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher or Acast to ensure that you stay up to date with new episodes. Now since the vote to leave the EU in 2016 farmers have been crying out for more detail on what is going to replace the Common Agricultural Policy. Last week, DEFRA sought to answer some of those questions in its new Path to Sustainable Farming document. The document confirmed that farmers in England are set to lose at least 50% of their direct payment by 2024. Farmers with a claim of £30,000 or less can expect to see a 5% cut in the 2021 scheme year, followed by a 20% cut in 2022, 35% in 2023 and 50% in 2024. Those businesses with larger claims will lose more money more quickly. And with these major changes just around the corner, Jess Fredenberg has been finding out what practical steps businesses can take now to get themselves prepared and what questions the government still has to answer.
1: The Country Land and Business Association is the only organisation solely dedicated to the protection of land and property rights and promoting the interests of the wider rural economy. We help our members work in the best interests of the land, wildlife and the environment. Join today at www.cla.org.uk.
2: Last week, DEFRA published its long-awaited agricultural transition plan for Brexit. Broadly, this covers direct payments and the new environmental land management scheme, as well as a host of other schemes such as on skills training and infrastructure. And if you want more detail on exactly what the plans say, you can hop over to Farmers' Gardens Ploughing Through Brexit podcast, where chief reporter Abby Kaye is doing a deep dive into the subject. Over here, we're asking what farmers can do to prepare their businesses with the information that has been released, and we'll then talk to a sheep farmer about his frustrations on the plan and what detail he and every farmer now needs. First, let's talk to Joe Spencer, partner, accountant and business advisor specialising in agriculture at MHA McIntyre-Hudson. So, Joe, can you give us a quick recap about what the latest government announcements are? You know, in a nutshell, what's happened?
1: Yes, certainly. Thanks. Um, so, DEFRA have committed to maintaining their 2.4 billion annual farming budget under the current government. So, that's uh, firstly very good news for our, for our clients and those in the sector. Um, they do plan to half the 1.8 billion of direct support payments that are currently in place under the current cap system with the EU. Now, those payments are going to be phased out from 2021 through to 2028. There will be about half of that gone by 2024. So we do know how that's going to happen. They have released the details of that. We don't know how it will be phased out from 2020, 2025 through to 2027. They have announced their new policy of, or the new schemes of ELMS, which is an environmental land management scheme, which is due to replace the direct support payment scheme. We don't know in too much detail what that will be and where it will be. So we need more information from, from DEFRA on that. Um, the, the ELMS will be fully available from 2024. So we do have a period between 2021 and 2024 where there is some uncertainty at the moment. Three tiered system will be introduced. Um, So the first tier will be the Sustainable Farming Incentive. The second tier will be the Local Nature Recovery. And the third tier will be the Landscape Recovery.
2: I think let's dive a little bit more into what farmers can actually do to prepare their businesses for this. Obviously, they would have been thinking about this for the last Four years, um, hoping that there's going to be more detail coming through. We've had a tiny bit more now, but still, th- there's still a lot of figures that are not available to us. So, with what we already know, then Joe, you know, what would you suggest that farming businesses can do now to put their businesses in? A kind of safer position going into 2021 to be able to deal with you know the gradual loss of, um, of direct payments and, and not really knowing as well at this point how much money is going to be attributed through elms
1: i think the most important thing is if if you've we, if got farmers listening to this and they are not sure um what to do uh, at the moment and what action to take ask for help ask for help from your from from the nfu from the cla from from your financial advisors from you know, you know, those in the sector who, who, who will have some more knowledge and have a, you know, a, a, an understanding of what is, what is happening, what is going, what's, what's coming up for you guys. Um, really that for me is the most important bit there to, to, you know, make sure you, you know, you're not alone in this We You know, you've got your professional advisors that can help you through this, but in terms of as a bit of a checklist, um, the first point would be understanding and planning how much income you do have um, at the moment from the basic payment scheme or the direct support, and understanding how much exactly you're going to lose off that income through to 2024. We know you can. We know we can pretty much forecast that now. The, uh, Defra have provided us with the details that show how that will be phased out, different different scales. Up to 30,000, it's um, it's 5% in, in year one and then it's 10% on the next 20,000 and it's a cumulative phase out. So we can plan that. Okay, we don't know what's going to happen between 2025 and 2027 on the rest of the phase out, but at least we can provide some certainty in them initial years. Understand your costs. So make financial plans, make projections. Lots of farmers already do this. Some don't, Some some, you know, like to say well at this time of year i've got a certain amount i expect to have a certain amount in the bank and that's okay for me well you know we need to we need to start thinking about replacing this income how it will affect you so make sure you have your financial plans in place and make sure you have some projections about how you will achieve the replacement of the cash or how the the loss of the loss of the income will affect you over 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 the coming years that might be planning out your capital expenditure you know, have you have you got a new purchase of a tractor coming up? Have you got other other equipment that you need and and you you're going to have to have to invest in to be able to keep farming and the way you do, you know, improve, improving the um, improving the farm as you go along. Have you got excess capital uh, capital or excess? Have you got excess plant on the farm? Can you can you can you release some capital there? Understand um, understand your pressure points. In, in each year, so when you're doing these projections, have a look. When when will you when will you need some extra capacity? Do you need to speak to your bank manager and have that conversation to say, look, you know, I'm going to can I have a little bit of an overdraft extension here whilst 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 we get through to harvest. These are all practical things, and the bank. Speaking to my bank network yesterday, a few colleagues, they are very much open to help the agricultural sector, especially at a time like now. You could also consider refinancing so converting or or crystallizing some some overdraft into into a longer term loan perhaps um, which might ease some burden um, give you a bit more certainty about your outgoings in the future or um or it could be just a pure refinancing of the of, of the of the debt you already have on the balance sheet of your business. it's a common phrase and I don't I don't I don't I don't love to say it, but you know, sweating your assets and making sure that everything you're getting everything out of each asset you can. So have you got have you got barns or cottages that are that are not in use or, or, or unlet? you know, could could they be making a contribution to cash? Could 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 part of the lost BPS be replaced from these other assets? I think another point that we're seeing a, a lot of recently and over the last couple of years is is this real sort of collaborative farming a, a outlook, where f- local farms are coming together and uh, farming in, in a joint venture or a, sh- a share farming agreement, and and trying to pull, pull assets, trying to pull skills, um, and and really c- that will help you cut costs. So there's there's a few things. Certainly, there you can do. Um, Specifically for livestock farmers, they may want to consider speaking to their accountants and professional advisors about electing to use the herd basis for accountant uh, for accounting for their livestock.
2: Uh, And Joe, sorry, what is that the herd basis like? That exactly?
1: Okay, so the herd basis is an election with with HMRC. You operate your um, herd, so you you have to be producing a product, so dairy herd, uh, for example, and. Any, any profits and disposals of a of a certain size can be elected to be tax free so if you for example if you've got a um if you've got someone who's 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 perhaps looking to exit the dairy sector for example and they've got a uh, their herd is on is elected to be presented on a herd basis then they could benefit from a um tax free disposal of that herd
2: and is there anything else in terms of tax uh, tax planning that farmers could be doing? We
1: can't we can't change the rates and, uh, and 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 things. Planning planning capital investment always helps. You know, making sure that's smooth, so you don't have the peaks and troughs of income tax charges or corporation tax charges. And and speak to your speak to your advisors about what you are doing on the farm as well. So we've had a push on uh, research and development. On farms, and it's surprising actually how, how many how many farms are actually operating and, and and researching and developing and have have them qualifying costs, and they they can they can you can benefit from a tax perspective from that.
2: Defra has also uh, also given a few more details about a lump lump sum exit payment. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, we understand that to be that if. Um, farmers are looking to exit you know i think there will be some some looking at these new rules thinking well i don't you know i've not had to do this over the last 50 years um i don't you know don't really want the added um pressure of having to do a lot more for my um for, for my work which which the alms will be it'll be more more work for the same money uh, or, or we we assume the same the same pot of money whether whether how will that will be split but defra have announced that there will be a mechanism. Um where there could be a lump sum payment out for an ex farmer now we don't we don't we don't know the full detail of that just yet um more research needs to be done, and more detail is needed needed on that, and how that will be taxable overall. I think certainty is very important from defra at this point we have a certainty on how the, the money is going to be phased out but we do not have a certainty or any more information about how, about what's going to, going to be replaced with i expect there's going to be a, a an income gap between 2021 and and 2024 certainly you know hopefully the farmers are receiving their their, their basic payments uh this week for 2020 what well, is this the last full year so, you know, make sure you're using that, using that money wisely um, it is certainly uh, uh, something I would recommend.
2: So that was Joe Spencer at MHA McIntyre Hudson. Now let's head to North Devon to speak to farmer Brian Griffiths, who is also chair of the National Sheep Association. Brian has some thoughts on what the transition plan means and what detail is still
3: needed. Okay, I'm Brian Griffiths. I farm alongside my wife on 300 acres in North Devon. We run around 900 breeding ewes and a few beef cattle. It's a very wet day at the moment. We've had a wonderful autumn, but it's now come in um, cold and wet and it looks like winter is upon us.
2: If you could just get what you needed in terms of detail from government tomorrow, what would it be?
3: Well, obviously, a price structure. That's what's needed. At the moment, there are these host of options, albeit with with very little detail and no price structure. But um, until that detail is available, I simply cannot um, make business decisions, certainly long-term business decisions. And I think it's worth mentioning from the very outset that before we make any decisions at all, as a sheep farmer, I really must have some idea of the trading conditions post Brexit because that has that's clearly going to have a massive impact on any decisions that I make.
2: Absolutely and I mean obviously with your NSA your um, NSA hat on for a second you know when you're talking um, to other sheep farmers you know what are they what are they saying are they feeling very much the same as you on all of this?
3: Yes I'm quite sure of that Um, there's there's a range of of options that appear to be available to it, but when you drill down into those options, um, to, to, to a certain extent, that they shrink away or evaporate. If you look, for example, at the option of, um, of aids towards technology, well, as extensive pastoral grazing, graziers, you do have to question the relevance of, um, of driverless tractors or satellite imagery and so on. I'm not sure that it necessarily applies to our type of farming. And similarly, they're offering um, infrastructure grants. Well, again, you know, our type of farming, we don't have need for vast covered slurry stores, for example, because, again, we're we're essentially extensive outdoor farmers. So we're we're naturally drawn towards those environmental options. But um, firstly, people have some concerns, and I know I do, that there doesn't seem to be any reference to um, reward for maintaining the the work that we've done or what we've already achieved in terms of the the environment. Looking forward, I think we all see some clear options to perhaps enhance existing features, for example, hedgerows and streams, woodland and coppices and so on. But once again, until we see the the, the financial benefit to us, um, it's all a complete unknown.
2: Yeah. And I mean, have you, at this point, obviously... We, you know, we've known something has been coming for, for four years now. You know, have you been able to, with that very scarce kind of detail, have you been able to make any any sort of changes
3: or do any sort of planning at all? No, I think the answer is no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another element of, of the environmental options would be to make significant change to land use. Um, but that's a whole different ballgame to us. Um, for example, the most primitive and ancient, unimproved pasture has provided income of a sort through grazing for generations past, and, and we could expect it continue to do so in the future. So to abandon areas, either to nature or to plant trees, is a, is a very, very big ask. It has enormous impacts on the value of the land and the, um, the options that would be available for future generations. And so any, any incentive to plant trees, for example, has to be very, very long-term.
2: I mean, how confident are you from from what we've seen so far that DEFRA truly understands, um, and I think what you're hinting at is the way that the land is managed and what is appropriate for different areas of land and what would actually be helpful in terms of sustainability and farming and, and land use in general?
3: There's no doubt that they've done an enormous amount of research Um, They're working very hard to to trial these ideas. And they do seem to have taken on board the fact that, uh, for example, the mid-tier scheme was simply overly complex and there was uh, very poor uptake. They do seem to have taken that that on board and are trying much harder to make this work and to work with farmers. But I would come back to the fact that until we know the the, the trading conditions post-Brexit, we really can't uh, we really can't jump in, in any direction. Another point that I would like to make is that reading through this sixty-page document that was announced yesterday, we appear to have a whole host of almost independent schemes. There's Elms Tier 1, 2, 3, there's there's a tree health plan, there's Slurry Investment Scheme, there's New Entrance Scheme, there's the uh, health animal health pathway. And I've just got some concerns that this could add up to a very, very complex and difficult to administer uh, collection of schemes. So I very much hope that um, it will all be amalgamated into one simple unified farm action plan, as it were. One thing that seems evident from reading this uh, paperwork is that there is... um, there seems to be a move towards reducing um, stock numbers. They're going to take land out of production. We're going to have lower input grassland and so on. And I think there's a real danger there that all we will do is export the problem abroad. Because in the last twelve months, we've seen a real boom in demand for lamb, for example. So if we don't produce it, if on my farm I produce less meat and grow more trees it's reasonable to assume that that meat will be imported from somewhere else. It'd be under no illusions that, that we farmers are very happy to go along with these, move towards a, a more environmentally uh, way of farming. We've got no issue with that, but we must have, more, have greater detail.
0: Thanks to Joe and Brian. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform to keep notified of new episodes of Over the Farmgate. We'll be back next Tuesday. From us at FG and the CLA, thank you for listening. We hope you stay safe and well, and goodbye for now.